I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am coming to you from lovely, beautiful, historic Roan County, Tennessee, and uh, happy to be doing so. Happy that you have chosen to listen, to be part of the Tap Into the Truth listening family, and I uh, hope that you'll hang around. And if you're new, uh, hopefully you'll make it a habit. If you've already made it a habit, hopefully you will continue to do so and help spread the word about why you like the show and why you hang out and listen, and hopefully you can convince others to give it a try. 
I know, that's a little shameless promotion on my part, trying to manipulate you into thinking that, hey, it's your idea, you found something you like, you should share it. But is it really? Because, I mean, if you find something you like, when it comes to talking to people that you like or that you think may benefit from hearing something, don't you kind of have a responsibility? Oh, there I go, shamelessly trying to manipulate you again. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into things. Uh, for the benefit of those of you who are listening to the rebroadcast on great terrestrial radio stations across the country, you know, stations like the aforementioned and often mentioned KYAH, 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, uh, then it might behoove you to know that the time of the live broadcast was a Sunday. It's March 6th, 2022, and it's uh, somewhere in the general vicinity of about 3 p.m. Eastern. Trying to sneak the broadcast in uh, before my scheduled appearance on the Edwards Notebook. Well, I'm sorry, no, not the Edwards Notebook. On the Ron Edwards American uh, experience. See, I'm so accustomed to introducing Ron when he's a guest on my show as the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American experience. That sometimes I, I try to fall back into the old habit of putting the wrong one first, so I apologize. But anyway, trying to sneak this in before my scheduled appearance over there so that uh, I can attend to family matters uh, in that time remaining after the evening. So welcome aboard. Thank you so very much. Uh, as I have been oft of saying here as of late, you are probably getting walled off ridiculous level coverage of the Russian invasion into Ukraine. So I've been trying to talk about other things, uh, to focus uh, on other issues that uh, certainly don't go away. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about it, and it certainly doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it, at least to some extent. And so let's start out with uh, the most recent. Uh, Like I said, since this was on uh, the 6th, uh, for some of you, this will be old news. In fact, it may have already been hammered to the point that you're tired of hearing it. But uh, just in case you've been holed up for the whole weekend, didn't want to hear anything, tried to stay away from it, tried to unplug, tried to... Whatever it is you do to unwind for the weekends, maybe you haven't heard this this much. So uh, so let's go into it just a smidge. Uh, obviously, the last time we got together, it was breaking news at the time of the broadcast that uh, Russia and Ukraine had agreed to these uh, corridors to allow refugees to safely exit and to allow for supplies and humanitarian relief to to get into civilians and uh, they had agreed to this and like I said then we'll we'll keep an eye on this and see how this plays out because it's kind of counterproductive and it doesn't seem like Putin is particularly interested in winning the propaganda world on the propaganda war on the world stage just trying to shut things down at home so they don't get the uh, information of what's going on and uh, I suppose my suspicion was correct, and I don't, I don't claim to be the only one that was suspicious of this. In fact, after I made that comment on air, I had several people reach out to me on social media almost immediately saying, uh, well, yeah, of course this is a Putin-esque trick. It's one of two things, uh, a way to try to get Ukrainians to let their guard down for a minute or a way to back off the Europeans uh, on sanctions for just a smidge or... The bigger thing, and it appears to have been this mostly, although the others I think still played a small role, an opportunity to reorganize and to rearm troops to get them in a better position to take out targets, uh, buy time for troop deployments 
and uh, corrections of curtain, curtain of certain uh, shortfalls in the supply chain. That does appear to have been it because the Russians have, according to supposedly verified reports from outside sources, but you have to take a look at who those sources are before you decide how firmly you take them. But it does appear to have simply been nothing more than a delay tactic to get their troops uh, reorganized and resupplied. And then they started targeting uh, these groups trying to leave the country. These are not military targets, unless, of course, you count some uh, militia ex, uh, escorts. If you're looking at an escort, they're just trying to get these folks from point A to point B, but they're not performing a military task. They're trying to get civilians out of the way. So if you define war crimes as simply intentionally targeting civilians and civilian targets, uh, then Putin and company are very much guilty of said action. Despite the fact that the United States is not willing to say that publicly yet, it makes sense not to, however, uh, realistically, if you're still trying to you know, work on negotiating a ceasefire, trying to, trying to end hostilities in the situation. You don't go in saying, hey, okay, you've committed war crimes, so you're going to have to look at that when this is over, but we still want you down anyway. Uh, where's the motivation to talk down? Now, there is something that does need to be discussed beyond that. Uh, obviously, we've been hearing how this has become the largest humanitarian crisis in Europe since World War II. We've been hearing how the Ukrainian government still just wants weapons. They want to do the fighting. They just want weapons. Now they're asking for aircraft from Poland, and it looks like they're probably going to get it. Uh, they're not in a hurry to do this, and they should be cautious, but... Uh, it looks like they probably will. And they continue to put uh, PR pressure on the EU for the establishment of a no-fly zone. And now they're discussing the possibilities of a humanitarian no-fly zone. Simply a, a buffer between Russian forces and civilian targets. And, and they keep pointing at airports like that's a civilian target. Well, it was a privately run airport and... It only handled commercial traffic, but those airports will be commandeered by the military during the course of an invasion. Airports are a legitimate military target, no matter who's operating, maintaining them, and how they've been typically used. So we still need to cut through the propaganda and get to the basics and get to the reality. There's only been one thing that's been demonstrated clearly here, and that is when you tentatively agree to allow safe passage corridors for civilian refugees in an attempt to leave battlefield areas, then you should hold to that word. If the Ukrainian military tried to utilize those corridors for anything other than that, then it was the Ukrainians that are guilty of the violation. And you need to make sure that the world is aware of that. If you want to play the world PR game. Putin is well beyond that at this point, and he no longer holds any preconceived notions about whether or not he can even attempt to get back onto the chessboard when it comes to world PR. But uh, that whole public perception thing, it's, it hasn't entered into the equation here uh, 
at all. And he can still get some W's and he can set back. But you got people like Lindsey Graham who very stupidly made the comment that, oh, well, somebody there should just check him out. Well, way to go, Lindsey, because that may very well be your personal sentiment and it may very well be an opinion that a large number of people around the world hold. But as a person in an elevated position, which as a U.S. senator you are in an elevated position, who gets his face in front of scores of legacy mainstream media, you need to more you need to be far more tempered in your comments that you make publicly. You can say that privately all you want to as long as you're saying it amongst people that will understand the difference between a private statement and something that is meant for public consumption. In other words, will keep their mouth shut about what's said to them in private. We all have some folks that we know we can trust, depending on how juicy the gossip is, of course. Sometimes we've got some folks that we can trust with some stuff, but we know we can't go too far with it. But the point of the matter here is it was a dumb thing to say because all you've managed to do is elevate the temperature in a situation where everyone's trying to work to lower the temperature. It's a bad move. And if Putin is suffering from some type of mental instability at the moment, whether it's medically induced by a tumor or some other psychological event, if that happens to be true, if the thought hadn't occurred to him that someone there may be up to that, all you've done is played in and created a whole new realm of paranoia for him so that now he no longer feels that he can trust the people around him that he has been trusting, let alone the people who are trying to negotiate and end to the hostility. So, good move, Lindsay. Good move. Well done. So, other than that, there is one more thing that we really have to try to understand. And this comes down to that fine line of understanding the difference between when you have to go it alone and do what you know to be right, even if the rest of the world's telling you it's not. And then understanding that sometimes you may think something's the right thing to do, but you're the one that's wrong. And sometimes it's very hard to walk that line. And here's the one thing that nobody is getting. Nobody is really discussing. I mean, they'll kind of skirt around it. And then when they realize they get really close to it because of things that they may have said in the past, they don't want to cross the line and point it out. Because you get to a point where it starts to sound just a little hypocritical. It might even sound a little hypocritical for me to say it. But hopefully I can explain where the difference lies. So without too much mental gymnastics here. So let's let's go down the path. Let's presume for a second that Vladimir Putin, in fact, is not operating under some type of ment- diminished mental capacity. Let's presume for a moment that Vladimir understands that he has a very small window for which he has in order to pull off the taking control of this wonderful little nation called Ukraine. Which, if, if you need more information, feel free to consult Kamala Harris. She'll give you the, the layman's terms. Evidently, Kamala thinks layman's term is dumb for a second grader. But uh, that notwithstanding, let's say that he honestly believes that he is fighting the good fight against the globalists. Now, we've touched on this before, especially if you've been listening to what I've been saying here and then on other shows that I've been fortunate enough to be invited to be a guest on and have been making appearances. And that is, Vladimir is a bad guy. 
I, and I'm not arguing that we should at any point in time allow for the reformation of the Soviet Union in any form, not even a first few steps. So the Ukrainian people are caught up in this ridiculous political game that it wasn't necessary for them to be in. Vladimir Putin did that. He is simply put a hardcore stone cold killer. He always has been. He's not afraid to poison people in any part of the world. He's not afraid to murder people in any part of the world. But if he saw this one opportunity, this small, small opening of the window where I've got to get this done before that window closes, before Joe Biden is no longer in office, before the United States uh, it becomes stronger on these issues but still manages to have that leftist mentality where currently this administration and the previous two Democratic administrations have had the United States of America on the side of the globalists. It's a very anti-American position to be in. But they'll try to explain it away about why it's the smart thing to do or how we're part of a global community and we have to behave that way. And they'll try to make it sound legitimate. They'll try to make it sound reasonable. They'll try to make it sound like they really are the smartest people in the room and you should just sit down, shut up, and listen and let them do their thing. Because it's what's best for everyone. Except it's not. It's what's best for the elites. They don't think particularly highly of the rest of us, boys and girls, and we should understand that. Is Vladimir, Pu is Vladimir Putin fighting against the globalists as part of his overall vision? Yes, absolutely. Does that make him a hero for the rest of the world? No. It makes him a pariah, especially among the nations that have already bought in or sold their souls to the globalist agenda. Fortunately, America's soul is still up for grabs on that one, and hopefully we can run away and win the day here as true American individualists. But is Vladimir Putin actually completely objective, completely coherent, and simply seeing his one chance to take this very important keystone step towards at least slowing the globalist agenda significantly? and possibly restoring the glory of the Russian Empire. That would make him a Russian patriot. That would make him an individual who believes he's doing the right thing, even though, even though he's committing atrocities to make it happen. He believes he's doing the right thing, even though the, entire, the entirety of the world is trying to stop him, with a few notable exceptions, most of which happen to be well, other bad guys on the world stage. So you need to ask yourself this. Is, is Putin really this insane, criminal, genocidal maniac that he's being portrayed now? Because it's real easy to buy into that. He's certainly done enough things in the past to make you believe he could slide into that role very easily. Or is he a guy who is a nationalist? who believes that Russia should be Russia and that Russia should have influence over its satellite nations. He has said for some time now, many years publicly, that the worst day, the most disastrous day in geopolitical politics of this world has seen was the collapse of the Soviet Union. He has dreamt 
of rebuilding that former greatness. So we know that that is his agenda, or at least that's what's motivating him to move forward with this. But why stand so firmly against the rest of the world when apparently you had no real reason other than the fact perhaps you really are just fighting the globalist agenda? Again, I don't want to paint this man as a sympathetic character. I don't want to paint him to be a secret hero. But right now, with so many things still not adding up, so many things of this appears to not be part of the typical calculating Putin that we have known for so long, that is one of the few things that offers some type of reasonable explanation of why Vladimir Putin would be willing to continue forward with what he has done here. Somewhere inside that brain, whether it is still completely lucid or riddled with medical disease or simply psychological disorder, as some sources would want us to believe, regardless of which one of those uh, factors may be the case, it is still true that if he believes this is the only way to stand a chance to fight and win against a globalist, then that would be an explanation. If he believes that he alone is the only one with the courage and the willingness to stand up against the globalist takeover of the entire world, and he must stand up even if the rest of the world turns their backs on him, then in his mind, he's not a war criminal. He's a hero. And that, I think, is also part of why we see so many folks that typically identify as conservative here in this country that actually want to buy into the fact that he's working on behalf of free peoples everywhere. His fight against the globalists in a very odd kind of way does technically meet that definition. But make no mistakes about it, boys and girls. If you're somebody who wants to be sympathetic to Vladimir Putin, you don't know who this man is. He is not a hero by any stretch. He just finds himself philosophically opposed to a one-world global government in which it's not Russia calling the shots. Same thing in China. And China is the one place that we really do not need to lose focus because Russia is not a significant threat. The only thing they really have going, the only reason we should be concerned about Russia at all, is the nuclear components to their arsenal. Otherwise, their military is not what we've been led to believe. Although I still don't think we've seen the absolutely best they have to offer. Their Air Force is significantly more susceptible to United States anti-aircraft tech than we had previously believed. We thought it would be really effective. We now have seen for a fact that folks that have barely been trained with this act, uh, with this military tech that we've offered them are extremely effective against the Russian-built Air Force. So we've learned some things, but unfortunately so has China. This has entered into their equation. They want to see who's willing to stand up and take economic action. They want to see how strong that economic action is going to be. They want to see who might actually be willing to send in troops and aid militarily. All part of 
their planning, their strategy for determining how best to deal with the, as they put it, Taiwan question. And since they've started escalating in the last couple of days, how often international officers of their government have been stating bluntly that Taiwan is, in fact, part of China, always has been, and forever shall be, indicates a willingness that they are moving towards a more aggressive stance, which may be a precursor to invasion. So here's the question. Regardless of what transpires between a humanitarian no-fly zone with the EU or perhaps even NATO proper, despite whatever happens, it eventually ends up drawing a NATO country into the fray. Now was the time to prepare to put real deterrence in place to keep China from trying to take Taiwan. Don't leave it up to Japan. Don't leave it up to any of our other Asian Pacific partners or allies or friends. Discuss it with the Taiwanese government and go ahead and start running joint military exercises off right off the coast. Perhaps some land-based training directly with their military. Any excuse that works internationally to go ahead and put troops in place and particularly effective U.S. military technology at countering both air and naval assaults. We should already have been doing that since before the Olympics because we know it's coming. The problem is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is not about to do that because he's made way too much money from China. He made the mistake, and he is still foolish enough to believe that he has friends in China. How do we know? Because he literally gave every piece of intel that we had on the Russian military buildup outside of Ukraine leading up to the invasion, just handed it over to them. Honestly thinking, hey, guys, uh, you're going to help us put pressure on them to stop this, right? But again, I keep coming back to the fact that there was a lot of other things that could have been done legitimately to put real pressure that might have pushed this back. And I still stand by the fact that the way we saw this build up and the way we saw it handled, it's almost as if who was ever actually calling the shots, because we all know at this point, Joe Biden ain't it. Barely there, Beijing Biden since still spending every weekend at home in Delaware with no no logistical way to get updates on situations that's happening while he's there. They haven't set up a skiff. They haven't done a, any of those intelligence-type safety protocols that are put in place to make sure that classified information doesn't end up in someone's hands that doesn't have the proper level of clearance to receive it. They haven't done any of that. So he's not getting any type of real, honest-to-goodness updates other than what he's turning on the television and seeing on the news. And I'm sorry, I doubt he's turning on the news. I'd be way more inclined to believe that he's watching freaking Tom and Jerry cartoons as opposed to freaking uh, anything of any merit or import while he's away from the Oval Office over the weekends. Now, there is certain merit, certain wisdom to setting back and saying, 
we're here to help. We're going to do whatever. We have a commitment to this, but ultimately this is a European problem. We should let the Europeans solve it. Uh, we probably shouldn't be in a position of leadership in this. And nothing makes it look like you have no cares in the world about a situation than seeing the supposed leader of the free world uh, taking a couple of days off, uh, hanging out at his house, shuffling about, not getting intel briefings. So if that's the image they're trying to portray, congratulations, you guys are doing a great job of that. But in the meanwhile, it's pretty apparent that you're not doing anything of merit. So I still stand by and I think legitimately can ask the question if Biden and company didn't maybe want Russia to invade the Ukraine because they certainly didn't do anything to try and stop it. And they certainly still now don't seem to be wanting to do anything other than to continue to finance Putin's capability to operate this war because they're still not interested in untapping our own energy sources at home, much rather continue to buy millions of barrels of Russian oil, which, by the way, if you're a green person out there, you'd understand that American oil, that American energy in all its forms is still way cleaner than the stuff that's coming from Russia. So less of a negative environmental impact. Let's take that mid-hour break, and I'll be back with other topics on the other side. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head. On the corner of your bed, you can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see if you're always gonna be a blind dog face pony soldier. In recent days, many have expressed outrage over Soviet dictator Vladimir Putin's assault on Ukraine. Among Putin's biggest verbal detractors is regime leader Joe Biden. But so far, the only nation really to suffer the wrath of Biden is the United States. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page, from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. In 2019, candidate Joe Biden proclaimed, We're going to end fossil fuel, unquote. As soon as the Biden regime was installed, he did punish the U.S. economy and ended our energy independence by canceling the strategically important Keystone Pipeline and halted new oil and gas leasing on federal lands. Biden is willing to curb U.S. oil and gas production, but when faced with Russian aggression, he's leaving Russia's energy sector alone. Biden stated they specifically designed it to allow payments to continue. I am not surprised at this turn of events because Biden and all other leftist Democrats would rather harm you and I than be a threat to enemies like China, who may soon make the Russian situation seem like a calm day at the park. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. My name is Joe Biden. 
My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. I keep forgetting I'm president. This year, just like every other year over the past 15 years, February came and went. And once again, I had very little interest in Black History Month. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. This year, I took the time to figure out why I have blown off Black History Month in recent years. So I logically concluded that as it is now presented, Black History Month is quite detrimental because it no longer celebrates great historic achievements of individuals like Louis Latimer, who created the filament for Thomas Edison's light bulb, making it practical for long-term use, or others who achieved mightily and sought to become a part of the American fabric. But now Black History Month is nothing more than an extension of the 1619 Project that only focuses on blacks as victims of American society and is totally void of inspirational stories of real heroes whose lives could inspire today's young Americans to greatness rather than convince them that they cannot succeed. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Gentlemen, thank you so much for staying with me through that very brief break. It is indeed Tap into the Truth, and I am indeed your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Brown County, Tennessee. And uh, some of you may have noticed that I did not play these songs and stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day, which I normally do uh, at least once during the broadcast. Usually now I'm doing it uh, right. Uh, after the uh, the Edwards Notebook in the first hour break, and then I've been kind of leaving it out on the second because I haven't gotten a new one in a long time, and that one still kind of mostly works regardless of the time, but the others that I still have are pretty time-sensitive and don't make sense to play anymore. Uh, so at this point, I'm probably going to start holding off on playing it at all. Uh, for the next little bit, I'll start playing extra Edwards Notebooks uh, until either A, uh, Dan gets around to sending me some new ones, or B, uh, I get a chance to talk with Dan and find out why there's not any new ones, and maybe we'll do something different at that point. Uh, however, at this point, I, I've been reaching out to Dan and still haven't gotten any responses directly other than him sending me some links to some of the uh, recently published pieces he's been doing, which are all great pieces, and I'm very happy that he's sharing that with me, and occasionally we even uh, discuss it, although usually I discuss that in, like, bonus uh, broadcasts and bonus material, so you'll have to be kind of looking around to to find that, but I do occasionally bring it up here on the show, too. Uh, Point being, I still want to encourage you to go check out Songs and Stories for Soldiers and and to see everything that they're doing, because the... uh, the organization is doing a lot of good and, in a way, doing some stuff that I would have never thought of. 
But then when I stop and realize what they're really doing and think about my own love of music and, and how sometimes just the change in mood, that song that you really like, how it can affect you for the remainder of that time. And, and if you are legitimately struggling with thoughts of self-harm and you can find something that will help you get through just that next few minutes, help you get through that night, help you get into that next day. Sometimes that makes all the difference in the world. So it is a tremendous organization with what they've actually managed to accomplish. And I do want to continue to encourage everyone to uh, visit Songs and Stories for Soldiers, a website. I want you to continue to see what they're doing, uh, stay up to date with what's going on. I'm going to continue to reach out to Dan until I can get some more information as far as what's going on. And at the very least, hopefully we can share upcoming events and, and things of that nature. Uh, but also, I want to heavily encourage you that as long as you are in a position that you can, if you'll consider, please uh, continuing to support their efforts. Because I don't know of very many other organizations that are doing as much to combat self-harm among our active duty and our veterans. So uh, it's a tremendous it is a tremendous organization that's doing a lot of good. That's very difficult to quantify how much good is being done. Uh, so there's plenty of other great organizations to support and be helpful. And I'm not saying that they're doing the best job of helping our veterans, period. But uh, I think it's real easy to kind of downplay uh, the level of effect that they have had. So I want to continue to encourage you to support them. Also, while we're on the matter, guess what? Once again, I find myself having to warn you. Uh, that uh, I continue to get these sinking suspicions that as long as the Biden administration, whoever is actually calling the shots, uh, gets to be in charge, the more likely we are to have energy shortages coming up shortly, and I'm afraid also food shortages. So before we get to that point, you need to be prepared. Being prepared is part of being self-reliant, and being self-reliant is part of being uh, self-responsible. Uh, so if you're going to be self-reliant, you're going to be self-sufficient, you're going to have to be individually accountable, right? You know, you have to have that level of accountability. So if you truly want to enjoy the blessings of liberty, individual liberty in particular, uh, then these are all things that you need to be able to do. And nobody has been helping you be self-sufficient and self-reliant longer than my Patriot Supply. So uh, you know the routine by now if you're a regular listener, but just in case you're brand new or in case you haven't listened very many times, here's the deal. Uh, go to the show description if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, the show description will be easily discovered uh, below the show. Uh, you will see the word My Patriot Supply followed by a link. Now, depending on what platform you are listening on, maybe part of that link might actually be live. In fact, several of them it's live. There's a few that actually the whole thing is live. And if you're on one of those, then yeah, go ahead and click it. It'll do what you need to do. But if it's not live, I, I need you to copy the entire link, please. Paste that into your web browser and go visit. See everything they've got to offer from water filtration to uh, MRE-style uh, long-term food supplies to uh, heirloom seeds to all kinds of equipment and cool stuff that will help you to be prepared for whatever may come in the event of a natural disaster, in the event of a continued Biden administration, whatever disaster we're looking at. And uh, go ahead and by using that link,
link in its entirety, they'll know I sent you. And that way, if you make a purchase, I get uh, uh, a small little fee. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. You get the things that you need to be prepared. They get a brand new, very loyal customer because I promise you, once you start buying from them, you will stay a loyal customer moving forward for all of your preparation needs that they can help you with. And then there's a win for helping to support the show. So that's a win for me. So thank you very much. And, of course, shorthand uh, involved there. If you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, you don't see a show description in front of you for whatever reason. Or uh, maybe you're just too busy to do that now, but you want to do it a little bit later when you have some time and you're thinking back, oh, yeah, what was that website he said? Oh, something about a link. It might be hard once you've listened to the podcast to go back and find uh, all the uh, show descriptions from whatever you listen to. It depends on the platform. It's easier on some than it is on others, and I get that. So it might be a lot easier for you to just visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, from there, you can scroll down the very home page, the page you land on. You'll see a list of... Uh, uh, <laughs> Past guests, I still have it listed as recent guests, although most of them haven't been that recent at this point. Uh, so uh, past guests, you scroll down past that, and you'll start seeing banners. You can click on any one of those banners, and it will work just the same as if you had copy and pasted. So either one of those works. And before we get into this next topic as well, I also want to remind you the upcoming brand new book from A.J. Rice called The Woking Dead. Uh, there is a link in the show description and a banner that just says shop Amazon and you'll see it flip to the Woking Dead uh, on the Tap into the Truth homepage. It's one of the first banners you will see now. Uh, it looks kind of more like a, a push button than a banner, but you'll see it down there. Uh, and uh, you just scroll past where uh, past guests have been and you can click that and it will take you to the pre-order page. And I'm highly recommending that you guys pre-order this book, get a copy. Uh, but at the very least, go to that pre-order page Read about it. See if it's something that you yourself would indeed like to have in your library if you would like to read it. It is coming out in July, and July is coming faster than uh, most of us would like to think about, although I'm sure a lot of us are ready to be past the winter months and uh, more than happy to skip the the complete wild weather we typically get in spring because it's so unpredictable. I uh, would love to get to summertime in July, but it is coming rather quickly, whether you realize it or not. So... Uh, go there, click, and you know, go ahead and pre-order if you decide it is something you want. Because by pre-ordering the book, what you're doing is you're sending a message. You're sending a strong message to the globalist media, media elites. You're sending a message to the folks at Amazon that while in the past they have a history of trying to squash uh, this type of book, being on their platform, trying to squeeze it out and make it difficult to get, if you guys pre-order it enough, the one thing that will change their mind about trying to silence an author like AJ is how much money they can put in their own pockets, and, and that still gets their attention. It still works very well. So vote with your dollars. Buy something that's going to send a message to Amazon. And like I said, link in the show description and a banner on tapintothetruth.com. So uh, either one's fine. Plus, we are going to be doing a giveaway. Uh, we'll be giving away several copies of that new book as soon as it is out. We'll be announcing the terms of the giveaway uh, at the end of the month. All right, so now with all that having been said, we've been talking a little bit about, well, uh, where the mindset truly is. 
Did Joe Biden actually want Russia to invade Ukraine? Was he hoping that perhaps some evidence of Biden crime family activity might be wiped out in the process? Was he hoping that these bio labs that have been targeted and several of them have sustained serious damage would be completely destroyed and that no one would find out how much the NHA or the NHI or the NIH or what it's the NIH. (laughs) I keep combining letters just like they do for LGBTQ. Eventually I'll get it right. Right. All right. So how much the uh, NIH has actually been funding? I mean, it's, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and I made the statement offhand quite glib and think it's probably pretty good for radio purposes, that apparently Dr. Anthony Fauci, second greatest doctor of all time right behind uh, Dr. Joe Biden, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci clearly has no compunctions about performing any type of illegal research at all, as long as he can do it somewhere where he's not going to be answerable for it. I mean, the gain-of-function research going on in Wuhan that gave us the uh, bat flu, stew, red death, Chinese virus, a.k.a. The, the, the Wuhan flu, whatever else you wanted to call freaking COVID-19. That was funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars given in the form of a grant that was specifically sent to one organization that he knew would specifically send it directly to Wuhan. Then we found out not too long ago about there's experiments that they were doing on these beagles where they literally remove their tongues uh, as a form of animal cruelty so that they could no longer effectively bark uh, when the pain got so insane for these poor animals that were being tested. And now, if you've been under the closet, they've been trying their darndest to keep this under wraps, but there were biolabs operating in the Ukraine that were basically uh, funded by the same organization with the same funding. Anthony Fauci had had to greenlight it in order for the dollars that got spent there to make it there. So Anthony Fauci is right up there with freaking Dr. Mengele as far as his uh, complete disregard to ethics and science. So when you talk about ethics, then we come back around to Joe Biden. We don't ask questions about ethics anymore for our people that we place in positions of authority who like to be called leaders, but there's nothing leaderly about them. And this brings us back to what are the moral values of Joe Biden? We know Joe Biden claims to be, well, he claims to be a very devout Catholic. But... Well, let's let's get to an article, and we'll discuss this uh, from analysis by uh, Tim Meads over at the Daily Wire. In the Roman Catholic Church, it is considered a moral mortal sin to support abortion in any matter. If you are in a state of mortal sin, you need the sacrament of confession for your sins to be forgiven before you present yourself to receive communion again. Joe Biden claims to be a devout Catholic, but that has not stopped him from being pro-murder of the preborn, nor from openly defying church teachings on the matter. Okay, so now I'm editing some of this uh, for my own words, but 
So if you were to read this article or if you've already read it, then you know what he put there. So recently, he slammed Florida's new pro-life bill as dangerous because it limits abortion to 15 weeks. In response, a Virginia Catholic priest let the commander-in-chief know when he can attend confession at his parish. So this past Friday, it was reported that lawmakers in Florida voted to prohibit most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. That actually happened on Thursday night, was reported on Friday. Um, I would intended on that being something that got a quick hit, and I think I managed not to have enough time to discuss it. I would imagine we were going to have time to discuss it because we know the left was going to lose their minds. In fact, I would say by the next time we get together, we'll probably have some crazy ongoing story about it. Now, according to Politico, Quote, it provides no exceptions for victims of rape, incest, or human trafficking. Existing Florida law obstructs, I'm sorry, restricts abortions after 24 weeks. Biden condemned the bill via Twitter, stating, quote, the Republican-controlled Florida legislature passed a dangerous bill that will severely restrict women's access to reproductive health care. All right, uh, obviously he missed the memo. Because ever since his State of the Union address, he's supposed to be using the term maternal care. I think they probably already got the focus group results back from what I pointed out on the night of. And that is, that's an acknowledgement that the woman is a mother and that the tissue inside is a baby. So I didn't think that was going to hang around very long. Uh, it may have already disappeared. But uh, no, don't be surprised if they don't try it again. All right, so Biden continued in his little tweet. My administration will not stand for the continued erosion of women's constitutional rights. Well, that's good to know, Joe. That is great to know, because as far as I can tell, the only one eroding constitutional rights are you and the Democrats. Okay, to be fair, there are some Republicans, but this is not an erosion of constitutional rights. Newsflash, Joe. Uh, the Supreme Court is supposed to make decisions based on the Constitution, but they have not always done so. I know that's just shocking, right? I, I just I'm leaving it out there, letting it hang from what? Further newsflash, Joe, that just because the Supreme Court comes to a when the court is majority left leaning comes to a majority decision, specifically a narrow majority decision, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be revisited and reversed by a later court. Sometimes because of simple, sloppy judiciary thinking. That's what Roe v. Wade was from the beginning. Any legitimate judicial scholar worth their, shot, their salt, no matter how they lean, tells us that Roe v. Wade was terrible, terrible decision-making as far as how they came to the conclusions. That it's a jurist nightmare. That it doesn't make sense 
in terms of how the court's supposed to operate. They will tell you these. I have heard these direct words from people who are supportive of packing the Supreme Court, that are supportive of uh, finding ways, excuses to prevent conservative judges from sitting on the bench and are perfectly okay with any level of slander and personal attack to remove them and still stand up and say, well, if I'm going to be honest about how they got to this decision, it was done pretty poorly. So Joe is promising to defend the Constitution right here and protect women's constitutional rights only. Show me in the Constitution, Joe. Show me in the Constitution where anybody has the constitutionally protected, God-given right to murder the pre-born. You show that to me, and I will issue you a formal apology, and I will stand by your side in your efforts. Because this isn't about you trying to protect constitutional rights. This is about you pandering to the part of the base that wants to be able to murder unborn children. Wants to murder pre-born children. All right, back to the article. This marked the second time in one week that Biden defended the right, in quotation marks here, but not in the, uh, in the article, the right to kill a baby in the womb. On Ash Wednesday... Biden said he did not want to pass judgment on other people and that he didn't want to get into the theological debate over abortion. Fair enough. Not your job as the person installed to be the resident at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But as it was noted by A fair number of conservative news outlets, the Daily Wire included, uh, mentioned by name in this article because it's on the Daily Wire. As they noted after the comment, there is not much of a theological debate. Not much of a theological debate to be had at all when it comes to abortion, especially within the Catholic Church. Obtaining, providing, or supporting an abortion thereby ending an innocent life, has always been a mortal sin, period. End of that discussion. Debate's over, Joe. As a public figure openly supporting abortion, Biden is not just putting his own soul at risk, if he still has possession of it to begin with, but is also commenting, committing the sin of scandal by leading other Catholics astray on the topic. Catholics believe that each human being from the moment of conception until natural death has inherent dignity and is made in the image of God and therefore has the right to life. To go against this is to go against the church. Catholic Archbishop Salvatore uh, Sorry, Salvatore, I would just butcher your last name, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Cordelone, I think is it, but I'm probably getting that wrong. Basically serves the Diocese of San Francisco. He wrote last summer that, quote, you cannot be a good Catholic and support expanding a government-approved right to kill innocent human beings. He also said... Everyone who advocates for abortion in public or private, who funds it or who presents it as a legitimate choice, participates in a great moral evil. 
Now, perhaps understanding Biden was participating in a great moral evil and therefore sinning with his comments, Father Dan Beeman of Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Newport News, Virginia, kindly let uh, let Joe know when he holds confessions. He's there at noon on Sunday, 5 p.m. on Wednesdays, and 3 on Saturday. Just wanted to let him know. With just a little bit of time left in this first hour, I'm going to have to wrap this up, but here's here's the deal. There are still Catholic churches around the country that are allowing barely there Beijing Biden to step in and take communion. He's not spending time in the confessional. His soul is not clean, and he doesn't change path. He doesn't acknowledge that these things are wrong, therefore he must atone. And before you can make anything right that you have done wrong, you must first stop doing the wrong thing. There can be no redemption. There can be no turn back from corruption without ending the act of corruption, whatever it is. And this is a philosophy that's true in any school of thought. It doesn't have to be religious. Before you can make something right you've done wrong, you have to first stop doing the wrong thing. By going around and pretending like, well, our government doesn't have a right to tell you what to do, even though we're going to take every opportunity to try to tell you exactly what to do as long as it fits in our agenda and our goals, you can't use that as an excuse. If you are supporting the murder of the preborn in any fashion, if you're supporting the murder of innocent babies in the womb, then you are committing a mortal sin, and you will be held answerable to it. And the positions that you put yourself in, it would be far better that you simply say nothing than to come out and support the party's efforts to move forward with the agenda of killing the preborn. So do we need to return to thinking about morality amongst our leaders? We certainly had a large number, a ridiculously large number of um, evangelicals that couldn't find it in them to support Donald Trump because of his terrible personal issues, the things that he had done wrong, this image that he portrayed that was just so bad. And that's fair enough. You get to make those choices for yourself. But are any of you same people supportive of Joe Biden? Because if you are, then I'm going to have to call you out for both hypocrisy and for lying because you clearly had no concerns about the sinful nature of Don Trump's previous non-political life. But at this stage of the game, who would we hold up to be the next great leader? Who do we have operating within the world of politics that can be held to such a standard? Regardless of what happens next, I'm going to have to say goodbye and reset the hour. I'm saying goodbye to those of you that are listening on Terrestrial Radio. So remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. 
Meanwhile, stay safe out there. Stay healthy if you can. And, uh, you know, uh, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, stay right where you are. Hour number two starts right after this. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Damn you, when. Hello and 
Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I'm coming to you direct from historic and lovely, beautiful, and hey, the sun is shining today, Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, just still digging the uh, the Matt Fitzgibbon tunage there as we roll into this broadcast. I, I love Matt's stuff. I mean, all of it. Uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, of these songs that I have essentially, uh, thankfully, he gave me permission to do so, too. So thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, I have permission to play various parts of his music throughout the show, and, and there are several of them that I will sneak in here and there. But that is the official intro, and I think that's going to be it, period. So I'm doing the little stuff at the front end to try and freshen it up and give you something new. Because uh, I know some shows, they literally change their uh, their what I call a theme song, but it really is their intro song. They'll change it every year. Some folks change it every six months. I guess it depends on how many broadcasts they're doing and all that. But uh, once I settled down on that, I, I I have a hard time ending the broadcast with anything other than uh, gun controls using both hands and starting the show with anything other than I've got to be free. If something else is playing uh, for that, that means I hit something wrong or the switchboard wasn't cooperating and I didn't want to jack it up any more than it was because I didn't want to mess with the editing. Uh, so uh, a moment of uh, rare honesty. Uh, now, uh, rare honesty, when it comes to why a mistake is in place, I try to be honest the rest of the time. Uh, I hate uh, having to acknowledge when... I have uh, been just terrible at uh, what I'm trying to do. Uh, sadly, uh, that is kind of where I'm at when it comes to this show way more often than I'd like to admit. Doing all of it all on my own with the exception of the occasional bit of assistance that I get from the crazy Cajun, uh, Doug, hanging out uh, there in uh, Louisiana, uh, helping me out, uh, a friendship that... Uh, I have accrued thanks to time spent with WCET when it was uh, broadcasting. And uh, just, he's a great guy, and he does a lot of stuff to help out the folks that he likes. So uh, thank you, Doug, for all the things that you've done and helped out there. I do want to remind everybody that the songs that you hear on here from Matt are just a few of a lot of great songs. So let me, uh, let me recommend you check him out over at patriotmusic.com. Uh, just go on over, uh, see what's going on, leave him a message, let him know that you heard about uh, the site and uh, the music from here. Uh, won't get you any discounts or anything if you decide you want to purchase any of his merchandise. But I do still like for him to know that where it's coming from. And, you know, if if he sees that message and then he reaches back out to you, who knows, he may work out a discount for you. I, I mean, there's nothing promised or guaranteed, but... Uh, Matt's a good guy, and uh, I'm sure that he would get a kick out of knowing that folks are still hearing his stuff here and that I'm still, even right now today, sending folks his direction. So I think that'd be good. All right. For those of you that are listening on Terrestrial Radio, this is the second hour of a two-hour live broadcast that took place on March the 6th, 2022, and it's uh, somewhere around 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm uh, about an hour out from uh, making my scheduled appearance on the Ron Edwards American Experience. So I'm trying to make sure I don't run into too many technical glitches and that I can get everything squared away here in time to uh, get on there. 
In the first hour, we did talk a little bit about uh, most recent breaking stuff involving the Russian invasion and, uh, and you know, the the whole Ukrainian situation. It is There's so many things that's still not making a whole lot of sense, just not adding up. But I think the picture is slowly starting to come into focus. So we talked about that to a degree uh, in the uh, first hour. And then we also talked a little bit about uh, a, a Catholic priest who decided it was time for Joe to show up for confession <laughs> over the whole support of abortion thing. And uh, that took up the majority of the first hour. So now I'm going to jump right into the second hour because I do have some other stuff that I very much want to get into. And like I said, I'm trying not to stay focused on Russia, Ukraine, mostly not because I don't have a lot to say about it, as I think I've demonstrated when I've gotten started, even when I wasn't going to say much, uh, but I got on a topic and I couldn't stop. Uh, I just tend to think you guys are hearing plenty. I mean, if you turn on one of the legacy news outlets, that's just about all you're getting. It's like 24-7. You almost would think nothing else is happening. So I'm trying to let you guys know that uh, that there are some other things happening around the world. So here... Although I'm still been focused on the U.S. primarily, here's one that um, does have a worldwide bent because it involves the World Health Organization. Okay, so the uh, WHO recently received uh, quite a bit of criticism and some of it pretty fierce uh, for making reference to Down syndrome, but they basically just called it a quote severe birth defect. So in a blog post discussing World Birth Defects Day, the HWO explained that birth defects take a significant toll on individuals, families, health care systems, and societies. Congenital heart defects, neurotube defects, and hemoglobin disorders were featured alongside Down syndrome. The WHO, which voices support for, quote, comprehensive abortion care services, uh, another strange euphemism for the murder of the preborn. Well, uh, they highlight in the blog post that ultrasounds can be used to screen for Down syndrome and major stru structural abnormalities during the first trimester, and for several fetal anomalies during the second trimester. So on Twitter, however, parents with special needs children, especially those with Down syndrome, responded to the WHO's callous approach towards the matter. Uh, quoting here one of them, please, could you explain how hashtag Down syndrome is a birth defect in the context of the determining criteria you're using? Another mother asked, quote, surely you mean hashtag genetic condition? The presence of an extra chromosome does not make my son defective, and I do not see any defect in this image. Bottom line, some folks got hot. A lot of folks got hot, and, you know, rightfully so. Now, I don't know how many people with Down syndrome you may know personally, the number in my immediate sphere uh, of folks that I've gotten to know personally, that I have interacted with enough to say that I have gotten to know them, uh, falls at seven. And that may be quite a bit compared to most people that don't actually 
work in providing special needs children uh, educational services or medical services or something like that. That may be a high number now. It's my understanding that uh, it's probably uh, about two over the average for most folks. Uh, And that uh, in general terms, just about everybody living today in 2022 has at least one member uh, in the family that they typically interact with. Uh, Not necessarily your most immediate family, but a cousin, a nephew, a niece, somewhere in that range uh, that has the condition. Now, if you're fortunate enough to know one of these people, and I use that term very specifically, then you know typically that uh, folks with Down syndrome, they do have certain social uh, challenges. There are certain stigmas that have been attached to them by folks that do not have the condition. But these people generally are pretty special. I mean, they're kinder, friendlier, more forgiving, more sensitive. They are essentially what the left claims that most people are supposed to be like. And yet it's the left that wants to use the murder of the preborn to eliminate uh, Down syndrome people from even existing on our planet. The fact that the World Health Organization wants to put Down syndrome in the same realm as birth defects, period, uh, it's kind of the differential that the left always accuses us of not being willing to make. You know, they, they want to talk about how nuance matters and specifics matter. Language matters. That's why they're constantly trying to change the language and trying to be uh, precise without necessarily being accurate. How they trick people into believing the things they're saying. They want child pedophilia to be just another uh, sexual orientation now, but they want you to think that uh, all genetic disorders are by definition a defect. Think anybody who knows personally someone with Down syndrome knows that it's not really a defect. There's a lot of folks out there that are pushing for the murder of the preborn that would be served well by experiencing this so-called defect themselves. Because in the way they think, they're focused on what the value of life actually is. Well, that's pretty defective as far as I can tell. Not a big fan of that type of behavior. All right. There was uh, several stories in the last broadcast that I wanted to get to that I wasn't able to involving Texas being on the front line of the fight to protect trans kids. In fact, I went ahead and made that the title of the last broadcast, even though I saved it towards the end and I didn't get anywhere near finished with it. So I'm going to revisit at least one more of those uh, in this hour. But before I get there, I did want to talk about uh, this story where there are several states, in fact, 14 states, they've gotten together, they formed a coalition, they filed a Freedom of Information Act, uh, a full lawsuit against the Biden administration demanding that the government provide records on any FBI surveillance of parents, you know, these 
parents who have been showing up at school board meetings, who suddenly started demanding accountability to the school board members, that that the school boards at the national level wanted them to be declared terrorists. Only then later when the heat came on the uh, the National Association for School Boards, they then later admitted that the Biden administration had actually contacted them wanting a letter suggesting that they might be terrorists so they could open up the investigation. So the Biden administration wanted to start doing this with parents in the first place. They needed an excuse. They needed somebody to open that door. They needed the window to open up so that later on, when the truth got out, and eventually if they ever charged any one of these parents with actual domestic terrorism, heaven forbid that one of them should have actually been a domestic terrorist, then they would have to reveal through uh, discovery, if nothing else, the fact that they had been investigating. And then, well, what was the source of the investigation? How did it get started? They wanted to have that letter from the National School Board Association group from them to be the predicate to start the investigation. But the truth is, they asked for the letter because they wanted to do this from the beginning. No surprise there. What these people now are asking is for all records of FBI surveilling parents. The lawsuit, of course, comes after the National School Boards Association suggested that the Department of Justice treat parents concerned about the direction of schools as being potential domestic terrorists. Now, the Biden administration has failed to respond to the FOIA request so far, and they failed to respond to FOIA requests that were filed by Republican Indiana Attorney General Todd Rutka uh, and uh, other states this past fall seeking federal officials' communications prior to October 2021, uh, which was where the threats memo first came from. Uh, The AG there the AG of the great state of Indiana, uh, is taking the lead on the effort, joined by chief legal advisors in Arkansas, Arizona, Georgia, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Montana, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, and Utah. So those of you listening to KYAH, good job, guys. Way to way to be part of the uh, proper folks. And to those of you that are listening in Nashville, and I'm proud to say that in recent days, the numbers of Nashville listeners have shot through the roof. Thank you guys who are listening. But I'm saying to you guys out there in Nashville, why the hell isn't Tennessee part of this? Anyway, back to the article and quoting here. We just want the facts. Rather than cooperate, the Biden administration has sought to conceal and downplay its culpability. What are they hiding? Why won't they come clean? Hoosiers and all Americans deserve to know. Now, the lawsuit takes aim at Biden, Attorney General Merrick Garland, and Education Secretary Miguel Cordona. Now, the AGs are asking that a U.S. district court to instruct the administration to respond to the request according to a report over at Fox News. The White House declined to comment on the lawsuit and directed the Daily Wire, when they were uh, asking for comment, to, uh, to go talk to the DOJ. Now, NSBA's letter was followed by Garland directing the FBI in a memo to lead a task force addressing threats to school officials and report to threats. A spokesperson for the White House then claimed it was not 
involved in the DOJ memo and that the department chose to take this approach on their own. Still, Garland testified back in October of 2021 that he was, quote, sure that the communication from the National Association of School Boards was discussed between the White House and the Justice Department, and that's perfectly appropriate. Translation, they were involved. Now, this doesn't admit the level of involvement or which came first, but we found that out later, didn't we? Now, soon after the memo was issued, Republican attorneys generals wrote to the administration demanding its withdrawal. They asked that the government to, quote, cease any further actions designed to intimidate parents from expressing their opinions on the education of their children and to respect the First Amendment rights of freedom of speech and to raise their children. This is all in the lawsuit. Upon the NSBA's letter, 41 Republicans called on Cordona to resign, which we all knew wasn't going to happen, but at least they got to play out the political theater and got to act like, hey, guys, we're on the parent side. Whereas if they really were doing something, probably a little more than saying you should resign uh, would have been in order. But it's still not like they have the numbers to make anything happen, but a little something more. At the very least, you know, uh, just the appearance of attempting to hold some level of accountability. Is that really so much to ask for? Representative Lisa McLean of Michigan led the demand and called the president's prior unity message in conflict with likening concerned parents to terrorists. Elaine Fishburn. President of the group No Left Turn in Education sent a letter to Garland in January urging him to investigate the crisis in schools related to adults sexualizing children. Frischman cited numerous examples throughout the country. Quote, we are trying to push for a Senate and House hearing on this issue. Uh, Azra Noami? I'm probably uh, butchering the last name, I, and I apologize uh, to to you if if I'm so far off on that. But Nomani, I think Ashra Nomani, Ashra Nomani. Sorry, guys, East Tennessee tongue doesn't always do well <laughs> with some funky names. I need an American, and she probably this person probably is as American <laughs> as anybody too. But it's, you don't sound American anyway. Back back to the article. Another parent activist and journalist who is vice president for strategy and investigations at Parents Defending Education, meaning that I do support your efforts, uh, uh, Ashra. So, again, I do apologize for butchering your name. Um, Ashra testified before the House Judiciary Committee uh, saying, quote, um, well, not saying, but was wearing a shirt that said the words, I am a mom, not a domestic terrorist. Now, Nomani discussed critical race theory in schools and Asian discrimination. Quoting here, no child in America should ever feel shame. I would probably disagree with that in general as far as just overboard, but they certain, certainly shouldn't feel shame over certain things. Uh, no child should ever feel discrimination. And it is unconscionable that we do not recognize that we must protect the integrity of humanity now that's a lovely thought it is 
And in general, I don't disagree. I do think that there are obvious exceptions to that, and I'm not going to go down that particular road. Too too much of a topic to uh, really go too deeply into. But I do generally agree, so I'll take that. The point is, we are still talking about this democratically-led administration wanting nothing more than full control, not just of our lives, but even how our children are allowed to think. It's not right. It's not appropriate. It's, it's insane. But remember, these are the same people that seem to think that we should be letting Russia be the primary negotiator for us getting back into a new Iranian deal. Because I think it's perfectly appropriate for us to cut off our own energy capabilities in order to try to uh, make the excuse to continue to buy Russian oil at a time like this where we have obvious issues, where Russia is engaging in the destruction of a sovereign nation, and we're going to continue to buy from them the one thing that actually funds all of their efforts. Yeah, these are the same, those same people. This is what leadership looks like to these people. This is what they think. So one of two things. They are either... Oh, there may be more than one thing, but there may be three things. They're either A, completely and totally incompetent, which I think there is plenty of that to go around, and I think that still is true regardless of what the others may be. B, they have absolutely no understanding of how the real world works in comparison to their utopian dream. Or C... They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what the end result's going to be, and this is all part of the effort to get to that uh, promised land of that utopian future that they believe they're helping to create. The problem is utopia for these people, for the globalist elites, looks a lot like a dystopia for the rest of us if we are forced to live through it. The reason it looks that way is because it is. So... Could it be A and B? Could it be B and C? Could it be all of the above? I would imagine that there's probably a small group of people that are working to make this happen that it really does fit all three. Just totally and completely uh, inept, incompetent, incapable, uh, which is why I'm so foolhardy as to believe what's going on uh, actually does help and will get us to to the utopia for everybody. I guess you really can't be B and C. You have to be have to you can you can be A in either one of those groups, but you really can't be B and C. So cuz you either don't know and you honestly believe this is the route to get there or you do know exactly what you're doing, but you still think the ends justifies the means and here I am. This is what I want. Anyway, let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break. Let's get that out of the way. And on the other side, we will change topics again. But uh, just wow. So where we're at, I'll be right back. 
Okay, if everyone wants to go after Putin, why on God's green earth are few measures, if any, are being implemented to subdue China's direct and potentially deadly impact upon the United States? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Thanks, but no thanks to U.S. federal government policies and Chinese concubine and regime leader Joe Biden has allowed Red China to purchase most U.S. fertilizer manufacturers. The Chinese have now massively increased the price of fertilizers, so much so that many farmers will either be planting far fewer acres this spring. Thus, we could experience a food shortage that was foretold last year when the Biden regime forced numerous farmers to destroy their crops under the watchful eyes of government drones. Thus, our monthly food bills could increase by as much as $1,000 per month, which is unsustainable. And is only the tip of the iceberg as China continues to gobble up U.S. real estate at bargain basement prices. God help us. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Will you ever run for political office again? No. Lying dog face pony sword. Who, 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 who takes what whack? Cannot go to a 7 Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure there was a medical school where the hell I spoke. It was on a campus. I keep forgetting I'm president. I believe I have finally come to the point where I can thank Democrat politicians and media activists for unknowingly igniting a populist restore U.S. movement that may dwarf the Trump MAGA movement. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The Biden regime has boldly gone where no one has gone before to bring about economic, moral, and academic destruction throughout the land. Biden and company's suppression of the truth regarding the corona China virus, the unleashing of record numbers of ghoulish thugs, both domestic and illegal border crossers, the shutdown of economic growth and energy independence, along with the instigation that helped to create the madness going on right now in Ukraine and the confirmed torture of freedom-loving patriots in the United States gulag in D.C. and two other locations, while Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd is free after murdering an unarmed woman. This Democrat Party madness is uniting Americans from all walks of life who desire life, liberty, and our unalienable rights, which come from God Almighty. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. All 
righty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and thank you so very much for staying with me through that very, very brief break. We doubled up on the Edwards Notebook both breaks today. Uh, in case you missed the first hour for whatever reason, uh, I am going to kind of hold off on playing new songs and stories for soldiers, veterans tips of the day until I can get some new ones. Uh, I, nothing against the organization. In fact, I do want to remind everybody uh, the organization is still worthwhile, and I want you to go visit Songs and Stories for Soldiers and uh, check them out. Check them out on your own. I, I think uh, certainly an organization that remains on the very worthy of your support list. Now, before we get back into discussion topics for the remainder of today's second hour, I also would like to remind you that... Uh, you know, with the way things are going, it really does pay to be prepared. And I remind you back in the first hour that a good way to help be prepared to remain self-sufficient is to uh, become a customer of My Patriot Supply. And there is a link in the show description there that I'd like you to follow in its entirety, the whole link, so they know I'm the one that sent you. Uh, however, something else that's really handy if you need to go, especially go in a hurry, is to have uh, a really good cooler. You know, if you've got some stuff that you need to grab in a hurry that you need to keep on ice, do you happen to have some ice? A cooler that can keep your ice frozen for up to 10 days comes in really handy. Uh, so let me send you over to the fine folks at Blue Coolers. They have great, great uh, stuff, and uh, trust me, the quality is ever bit as good, if not maybe even a little better than that uh, Himalayan Sasquatch brand. You know, you know the one I'm talking about. But see, the really cool part there is that it's about half of the price, meaning that you can better afford, and trust me, under the uh, uh, Biden uh, economy, you're going to need your dollars to go as far as they can. You can better afford to put stuff in the cooler once you got it. Blue coolers are the way to go to get that quality, that high level. And again, quick reminder, best way to get there is go into the show description if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and copy that uh, link in its entirety. You can kind of tell where it ends off. I know it kind of gets separated in some of the show descriptions. The way the platforms put it out, it it can look a little funky. But before anything else, you're going to see it and where you see that stoppage. And then you see the next thing because the next thing on there is going to be a link to A.J. Rice's new book. Then you copy all of that. If the whole thing is active on the platform that you're listening, then you can just click it and it works perfectly. But if the whole thing's not lit up, if it's not completely live, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, uh, there are various amounts of how much of this link remains live on the, these various platforms where you can listen to the podcast, then I'm going to just ask you to copy the whole thing, paste it in your web browser, and go visit. Go see all the great stuff they've got for yourself. They have things other than the coolers, too, some great merchandise, uh, a lot of other cool stuff. But it's well worth your while. But by using that link, that's how they know I sent you. And then it goes from being a win-win, a win for you, getting a great product, a win for them, uh, getting a brand-new soon-to-be loyal customer. I, I'm reasonably certain I can make that assertion, as is the case with most of the folks I have a relationship with. Uh, and uh, it, it goes from that win-win to a win-win-win, because if you use that link and they know I'm the one that sent you, then I get uh, a small commission, just a tiny finder's fee for getting the two of you together. And at the very least, if you go there and you don't make a purchase, then
then there's still traffic uh, that is labeled to association with me. So they know that I'm still sending folks their general direction, and they know that there's some value at getting more eyes on their product. So it's still good that way. Now, also a quick reminder, uh, the other thing to do if you happen to be listening on terrestrial radio or if you're super, super busy right now and don't have time to go do that, and later on you're trying to remember uh, uh, blue coolers. Uh, Tim asked me to do this. Where was that link at? Don't waste a whole lot of time going back and looking for it. Just come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And once you are there, scroll down the homepage. Once you are past recent guests, you'll start seeing banners and buttons to click. And uh, you'll see uh, several of them for blue coolers. Just go ahead and hit any, any one of them. Works just the same. Now, if you're looking to place a pre-order for A.J. Rice's new book, The Woking Dead, or if you just want to go check it out, again, there is a link in the show description that will take you to the pre-order page, and you can read all the, the information about the book that's posted there. Uh, there will also be a little uh, Shop Amazon button uh, that shows the Woking Dead. You might have to let it flip. It's literally the very first one that is there as part of a row of three uh, as soon as you get past the recent guest section of the homepage. So uh, you can click that, too. It'll work just as well. So you can take either route. Either visit me at tapintothetruth.com or you can uh, just uh, hit the link in the show description. Well, don't hit the link in the show description unless the whole thing's live. Uh, you'll have to do the same thing as with Blue Coolers and all the other folks. Uh, copy the entire link, paste it to your web browser, and go visit. And the good thing about seeing it is you can go ahead and place a pre-order if you decide that's the kind of book that you want in your library or if it's just something you think you might want to read. It'll be great. It will be a great book. A.J. Rice is phenomenal. The brand-new book, The Woking Dead, going to be great. It uh, hits the uh, hits the market live. The, the drop of the book is actually in July. But the thing is, with sending these pre-orders... It sends a strong message. It sends a strong message to the globalist leftist elite that you're on to them and that you're prepared to push back. It sends a message to the uh, legacy mainstream media and the Democratic politicians and office holders right now that you're on to them. And it even sends a message to Amazon, who does have a habit of trying to uh, uh, trying to squash projects like this. They'll let them on the uh, platform sometimes before somebody complains and whines about it. But if they see enough people pre-ordering, they're going to be willing to hear some whining in order for them to continue to make some dollars. That's one of the few things that still gets the attention of lefties like Bezos over there. So uh, that's three things that you can do that will be a positive accomplishment. And and uh, by the end of this month, we'll be announcing the terms of the upcoming giveaway. We've got several copies uh, coming to us upon the uh, book drop. Of the Woking Dead. So, several lucky tap into the truth listeners will have an opportunity to get a free copy. But don't let that hold you back from pre ordering if you really do want a copy of it. Because if you end up being one of the lucky winners and you end up with two copies, that just means you can seal one away for future use. Make sure that some uh, crazy lefty cousin of yours doesn't show up at Thanksgiving and uh, rips it to shreds that you'll still have a copy they don't have to know about. Or you can just give it away as a gift or whatever it is you want to do. So, uh, again, placing the pre-orders is a good thing, but we will be giving some away. I'm still in the process of trying to determine exactly what's going to be the best way to get the most uh, activity that's not hard on your part, but it'll still be easy for me to monitor and to judge 
who uh, has had the biggest effects, you know, that kind of thing. Because ultimately, we'll still want to try to use the giveaways as a, a way to, to increase listenership here, here at the show and to draw more attention to the book. So even the folks that don't get a free copy will still want to go get a copy. So, you know, there is a capitalistic uh, part here, I'm just being honest. Anyway, with all that being said, let's let's get back into action. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to... Uh, to adequately do this, and I should have learned my lesson. Uh, last time we got together, uh, there was a lot of things going on in Texas that I wanted to talk about. Texas is taking the, the lead and seems to be where the left wants to push back the hardest in an effort to protect minors from life-altering, life irreversible actions to be taken against them in the name of wokeness, particularly in the effort to, quote, treat transgenderism among children. One of the last stories, and there were two main stories I did not get to that I wanted to include, but I cut myself short on time, which I often do. But one of these stories is too important not to come back and revisit. So this one is going to be several days old by the time you hear it, because this was something that actually occurred uh, Back on like the 2nd So back on March 2nd It is the 6th today You've probably heard two hours of my show since then But anyway There was a black clad protester group That screamed and heckled At a college student And Jeff Younger Now Jeff Younger if you'll recall He is the father of a child Who is at the center of the national disputes Over transgenderism uh, He was the guy Who was literally having to fight his wife in court, he's a non-custodial parent, and she decided that their son was transgender, that that their son wanted to be called Luna, that her son, she got the school uh, calling the boy these girls' names, started putting him in dresses, all these things. We talked about that story in depth when it was first going on, and we've revisited. Now Jeff Younger has decided to... Uh, to take that next step. He's stepping into the political arena. Uh, so he is a candidate now. So he was there at this event. The fact that these protesters were screaming and heckling, uh, they were going after uh, after the college student. They were going after uh, Jeff. Uh, they essentially forced the police to rush the student and younger both to safety. So according to interviews that took place after the fact and uh, ferreted out in video footage, uh, this did happen. It's not just a baseless thing. It's not propaganda. This was black-clad protesters showed up and came after these two, and the police had to intervene. Now, purportedly, this was spurred on by anger over Texas' new transgender directive, which a federal judge has tried. Well, no, not a federal judge, a state judge. I did get to that story, but I didn't get to get into it as much as I wanted to. State judge has prohibited, at least in one instance, the the uh, Child Protective Services, whatever the whatever it's called in the state of Texas, I don't have that right in front of me, uh, kept them from continuing an investigation into a mother of a transgendered child who actually works for the organization. She's been. Uh, she's been put on leave. She's been under investigation. The ACLU filed a lawsuit on their behalf, and the judges sided with uh, the mother in this case. But 
As I was saying, this whole stuff was supposedly brought on by the anger over this new directive. It compels investigations of abusive transition procedures for children. At least 70 black-clad protesters milled into the Young Conservatives of Texas event back on Wednesday uh, at the University of North Texas. So that's where this happened. And like I said, by now, most of you probably heard about it and have probably already put it out of your mind because it was a few days ago. But this is important. Seventy people decided to uh, don the uniform of Antifa, just nondescript, just black uh, from head to toe, and they showed up to be disruptive. Now, the event, which took place at the university's Curry Hall, featured Jeff Younger, a political candidate in Texas and the father of a child whose mother claims the child is transgender. Like I said, we've already covered that. But during the event, police suddenly entered the room and ordered student Kelly Nedler, who helped publicize the event, and Younger to evacuate. They made them get out. Now, Kelly, the student, described tense moments following the evacuation in which she hid in a janitor's closet with a policeman as screaming protesters ran through the halls of the building looking for her. Both Kelly and Jeff, Jeff again, the father of James Younger, a boy whose mother insists that he's a girl and treats him as such, said that the members of the University of North Texas Police Department, the, Depart- the Texas Department of Public Safety, and the Denton Police Department were present on Wednesday night. None of these organizations responded to requests for comments at that time, and they have not exactly made a whole lot of comments in the time in between. Now, in a video that was recorded by Kelly, a protester can be heard screaming, F you, F you, uh, in a crowd of uh, parking lots as uh, Nedler attempts to get into a police car. Nedler a former president of the University of North Texas chapter of Young Conservatives of Texas, said that the video shows police escorting her out of the building. Uh, One person can be heard shrieking, effing ugly, effing ugly, fat B. The screaming protesters can be seen holding signs saying, your hate speech has no place here. In an interview specifically with the Daily Wire, uh, Miss Kelly, Kelly Nettert, Even though she was attempting to video and document everything, she legitimately feared for her life. Quoting here from her conversation with the Daily Wire, Initially, when we were first led out of the building to evacuate, I felt like everything was going to be under control. But after I was chased into the building with a police officer, when we were in this janitor's closet, I honestly was very scared. This stuff hasn't ever really seemed scary to me. I guess I don't really care about the backlash I received, but when I was literally hiding in a janitor's closet with a police officer and the lights were off and these people were running in the hallway screaming, I mean, at that point, I was pretty scared for my life. Now, both Younger and uh, Kelly uh, Nettert here believe that they were mobbed by people aligned with Antifa. And like I said, they were kind of in what passes as the Antifa uniform, sort of. No insignias, but so they could be right. 
Of course, Antifa believes themselves to be anti-fascist. And uh, a local anti-fascist group in the area, Elm Fork John Brown Gun Club, posted repeatedly about the event. They even warned in one tweet, quote, If you were at the UNC protest, no, you weren't. Be proud of what you accomplished and wary of the media hype circulating your faces. Oh, so good advice if you're trying to avoid uh, facing responsibility for your legal actions. Now, there's more to the article, and I would like to encourage you to go read it. So I'm not going to continue on with the article as is. But I would like to to opine a bit, since that is kind of what I'm here for. Trying to get some of this stuff off my chest. But in case you forgot what the reason this story was supposed to be included in my last broadcast is, Texas is really leading the way in trying to prevent children from being mutilated. We're talking about individuals who, for whatever reason, seem to think that it's appropriate to treat their children as if gender dysphoria isn't a passing thing in their life. Now, if it turns out that it isn't, then there are reasons to take other actions. Typically, psychiatric aid would be most appropriate. This idea, this notion that somehow now we are required to get these children, some of which have not even reached puberty. In the case of Jeff here, his, his son is not puberty age yet. The notion that they want to treat these children as if this is their true identity when they aren't old enough to even know what their sexual identity is going to be yet. That's what I keep coming back to. If you haven't at least gone through puberty, you don't know if you have gender dysphoria. And if you're not treating an actual ailment, then you cannot justify the mutilation of the body either through surgery or through hormone suppression or hormone uh, addition. I'm trying to think of what the medical term was, and I couldn't. So anyway, by pumping them full of the hormone opposite of what they're supposed to be getting from their body. These things do irreversible harm to their bodies. Irreversible. And it will affect them the rest of their life. And if they haven't even gone through puberty yet, then you don't know if they're going to have gender dysphoria or not. You're abusing those children. If they have gone through puberty and they're beginning to get an idea of what their sexual identity is going to be that's a whole different ball game but until they turn 18 or in some states considering the nature of this particular long-term effects of the actions they're trying to take and calling it treatment i would be okay if they made it 21 until you get old enough that you know if you're going to outgrow dysphoria or not then this is a drastic action, and it still falls into the category of abuse. You turn 16, and you've decided, okay, I think I'm the other thing. Then okay, give it a little more time. 
what I have to suffer. Well, guess what? A teenager growing up trying to get through that search for self-discovery, there's going to be misery involved anyway. And it's better for you to walk through this than to do something drastic and regret it later because it can't be undone. I know there's a lot of kids who don't want to hear that. I know there's a heck of a lot of activists that don't want to hear that. But the total percentage of people that suffer with gender dysphoria and do not outgrow it by the time they're 22 is extremely small. Those people should be free to pursue whatever forms of treatment they want. I still would recommend against mutilating your body. I don't think that's ever going to be the solution. It doesn't seem appropriate to me. But if you get to that point, you've had a fair opportunity to to try to get to that point, then guess what? It's your life. You do you. But until you reach that point, you have not given yourself a fair chance to really work through whatever the issue is. And there is always an underlying issue for those individuals that are truly suffering with gender dysphoria. There always is. And that's the the other thing that keeps getting pushed to the side. There's a reason why transgenders have the highest percentage of suicides of any other subgroup that you want to categorize. And it's because they are suffering with such a level of misery. And there is almost always some level of early childhood sexual trauma. There is also almost always that sexual trauma being a result of something that occurred within the family, usually within the immediate family. Now, we do see this current trend where there's a whole lot more transgender, but there's not. The whole trending trans things, it's a social contagion. There's a lot of people now who are so desperate to try to feel special that they, they look around and, okay, well, uh, I'm white uh, and I'm Christian, so how, how am I going to, to not be one of those bad people we keep hearing about uh, in the uh, gender theories and the critical race theory classes that we're forced to sit through? I know this is my one option. I'll become trans. Because it's not just enough to be gay or bi anymore. You don't have as many people doing this without the social contagion being in play. So, again, if you're somebody who's just going along with it, maybe you've talked yourself into believing it for a bit because, again, pretty malleable in these young ages. You could convince yourself of a lot of things. And, again, I'm going to to speak to all you fine folks out there that have amassed a tremendous amount of life experience. How many things were we praying to God for when we were 15 and 16 that we are so very glad we didn't get? I think uh, Garth Brooks summed it up best uh, in his song, uh, Some of God's Greatest Gifts Are Unanswered Prayers. Uh, You need some life experience to understand that the way you're thinking now is not how you're going to be thinking about about anything in Sorry, frog in my throat. How you're thinking now about anything, including yourself, is not going to be the same as how you're looking back at yourself by the time you're 25, by the time you're 30, so on and so forth. Every five years, you're going to revisit, you're going to be thinking about, dang, if I only knew how much I didn't know then, I wouldn't have opened my mouth then. 
But the problem here is there are adults. There are people that are supposed to be in positions of authority, people that are supposed to be trusted, that are not only counseling these children to pursue these treatments, but trying to force it upon them. And the left, they have their little stormtroopers ready to show up. Proving once again that if you're willing to stand up and say something in opposition to this, especially if you have facts and common sense on your side and all they have is the leftist agenda, then they have to go to that next step of intimidation through violence. To the point that the police weren't willing, probably weren't equipped and prepared to hold back the crowd, so they probably weren't capable, weren't willing of standing up and stopping them. They had to go hide and then try to sneak them out. Where these police officers were in danger as just as much as the student in this case and our good friend Jeff, who's already been through hell trying to fight and defend his son. Welcome to America 2022. It is past time for reasonable, rational people to stand up and do what's right. Because we are living in an age, ladies and gentlemen, where we read the headline that, uh, that Harvey Weinstein, disgraced movie mogul, he's been forced to issue an apology, but not for sexual harassment, not for sexual assault, not for rape charges that he was uh, convicted of that ultimately cost him his empire and landed him behind bars. No, no, no. Weinstein was forced to apologize after getting caught with contraband in a search of his jail cell. Uh, what did he have, you may wonder? Uh, milk duds. This makes the news in the leftist world. Harvey Weinstein caught with milk duds in his jail cell. Meanwhile, barely there, Beijing Biden hides out in Delaware for over the weekend while Ukrainians are being bombed and Biden helped it to happen if he didn't flat out make it happen through his weak, feckless foreign policies, including the withdrawal in Afghanistan that was the first domino to fall, once again, snatching defeat out of the jaws of the victory that we had. Just insane. All right, that's going to have to be it for today, guys. Thank you so much, as always. I appreciate you being here. And, uh, you know, don't take my word for any of it. Don't. Take their word for it. Be prepared to put in uh, some effort on your own and, uh, you know, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay uh, safe out there if possible. Stay healthy if you can and uh, be smart, guys, even if it goes against your nature. No, yeah, one more thing when it comes to Joe Biden. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go.
is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family using both hands With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.